0: You may have heard about the recent triple E outbreak in the Massachusetts area, but what exactly is triple E? How dangerous is it? And what do you need to know to protect yourself? We're going to talk about it today with Dr. Amy Javorak, an infectious disease specialist at Harrington Hospital. This is Healthy Takeout, the podcast from Harrington Hospital. I'm Prakash Chandran. So, first of all, Dr. Javorak, what exactly is the triple E virus?
1: Triple E virus is a kind of virus called a toga virus, and it's a virus that lives in mosquito salivary glands.
0: Okay, and what does the triple E stand for?
1: It stands for Eastern Equine Encephalitis.
0: Uh, yeah, because I, when I was doing some research, I always saw triple E mentioned, but I didn't have anyone break down exactly what that means. And so encephalitis, I hear that's, uh, that's something related to the brain and brain swelling. Is that correct?
1: That is, and that's the most serious complication of the virus. Not everyone gets the brain swelling. Some people get infected and don't even know they have been infected. Others people get high fever, muscle pain, and aches.
0: Okay, and you were talking about how the virus lives in the mosquito salivary glands. So is that how people contract the virus? A mosquito bites them and then they get triple E?
1: Right, it's transmitted by mosquitoes that are endemic to our area, among other areas. Called One is called the Culex, C-U-L-E-X, mosquito. And they are biting at nighttime around dusk in the area of massachusetts and other surrounding states
0: i see and it seems like uh the triple e outbreak has been in the news as of recent um but i'm curious as to how long the virus has been around the massachusetts area for
1: it's been detected for decades actually the first cases were detected in 1931 when 75 horses died in massachusetts And there now is a shot. I'm not sure how effective it is because I'm not a veterinarian, but there is a shot for horses that is available now. And when I had horses, I did have them vaccinated.
0: Okay. And so, um, you know, because the disease has equine in it, uh, you assume that it, and you mentioned horses, you assume that it maybe is just in animals, but, you know, some of these recent cases have been affecting humans. So maybe talk a little bit about what symptoms humans experience when a mosquito with the triple E virus bites them?
1: If people have a bite and they develop symptoms, not everyone does. Um, it's a proportion of individuals, which varies, that develop, who develop symptoms. But the first symptoms you would develop in about 3 to 10 days after the infected mosquito bite would be muscle pain, sort of walking and having extreme pain, even climbing stairs you would have a high fever and some people develop shaking chills if this is going to progress to encephalitis people notice some changes in mental status or confusion weakness and occasional seizures people then develop brain swelling and that which can become fatal one individual died in Bristol County uh, a few weeks ago at Tufts Medical Center in Boston and this is the most serious consequence of the encephalitis. And not, as I had mentioned, not everyone does develop these symptoms, but these are the most severe symptoms in people. There was an outbreak um, in the years as we develop as we determine an outbreak. Um, it can be about several cases. This year, we've had seven people infected and one death. So far, Um, and there was outbreak of 2010, 2012, and there was another one in 2004, 2006, and there was 22 infected individuals over those years. So it comes in spurts. Not sure why, it might be climate related, comes and goes different depending on the years.
0: Yeah, I was just going to ask that, you know, why do these outbreaks happen? And it seems like if the climate is right to harvest uh, these mosquitoes or um, allow them to propagate more than they normally would, then they're able to transmit the disease. Is that correct?
1: I think so. I think so, unfortunately. And we can't always hit at the cures or the causes or actually predict these outbreaks. Um, they've been doing some aerial spraying and ground spraying as well uh, this year, especially in the communities that are, are classified as critical risk. There are 36 critical, 42 high, and 115 a uh, moderate uh, risk. And the highest of critical is in areas where there's a human case, and then there's animal cases in areas of moderate, uh, sorry, of high Concern. So, if you look at the map, the, the um, Mass Department of Public Health puts out a map, and you can see where the areas are um, highlighted in red or yellow throughout the state, depending on the current uh, situation. That's updated pretty regularly.
0: So I want to move into how triple E is diagnosed. You know, I know that people listening to this, um, they may have heard some of the symptoms that you mentioned, like fevers, trouble walking up the stairs. It almost sounds like severe flu-like symptoms. Um, If if they are experiencing that, should they immediately go into the doctor? Is there anything that distinguishes triple E from a severe flu?
1: Um, In particular, flu generally doesn't cause uh, confusion. Um, It doesn't cause At this time of year, it usually would come with some respiratory symptoms, some sore throat, and this doesn't usually have that. It's more just the plain muscle aches and the general fogginess and the severe fever. Um, And as I had mentioned, um, if it's severe, it's up to a 33% fatality. So if you're feeling, actually it would be the family member at this point if the patients are that sick with with confusion, they should definitely go to the emergency room instead of urgent care. If they have just general symptoms of uh, that are concerning, maybe tick-borne Lyme or lyciosis, babesiosis goes around at this time of year, also. So that can easily be confused with uh, what we call triple E. So I would seek if there's no confusion or mental status changes or neurologic changes. You could seek care at urgent care or ER. So you know, as that can be easily, not easily, but can be diagnosed uh, by a clinical exam. Um, the eastern equine diagnosis is um, oftentimes done by a spinal tap or a blood test, and that can take weeks to, to you know, days to weeks to come back. All of the information, you know, it depends on, we kind of have a fast track now, so it shouldn't be that long, but um, it is um, still, you know, something that um, you may not know immediately, especially if you're not in, having encephalitis in in the hospital.
0: So let's say I live in the the Massachusetts area and I notice that I get bitten by a mosquito. You know, when is it too early to come in? Should I come in immediately because there's this outbreak happening? I'm sure people listening to this want to get ahead of it as uh, as much as possible. So talk a little bit about that.
1: First, number one, um, prevention. I would try to avoid getting bit by the mosquito. I would um, be careful until the first frost as far as uh, covering up your skin uh, make sure there's no place for them to bite, kind of hang out in the area of as fewer mosquitoes, like in a screen porch, for instance. You know, you can use some um, anti-mosquito spray, long pants. But if you do get bit by a uh, mosquito, um, unfortunately, there's no treatment or prevention for this virus. Um, I would just kind of take note of, you know, if you get several bites when that was and then keep that in a differential to tell your doctor if three to ten days later you develop you know, any high fever or muscle aches.
0: So you were mentioning uh, a shot earlier. I was just curious about if you detect that a patient has contracted E. is there a certain treatment protocol? Um, I know you said that there's no cure, but talk a little bit about how you can alleviate potentially some of the pain that the patient is going through.
1: What I would do is after I've rather ruled out or hopefully ruled out um, some other infections, I uh, such as tick-borne illness, I would use symptomatic measures um, Tylenol um, and, um, you know, acetaminophen and or ibuprofen is appropriate for the muscle aches and and pains. Um, I would keep a close eye on the person, uh, make sure they're not having any progression. You know, as I said, um, you know, I think that um, it's just sort of symptomatic what I would do for the flu.
0: And so, um, you know, we you talked a little bit about prevention earlier, and I was going to ask how people can avoid exposure to the triple E virus. It really just sounds like putting on that bug spray, long sleeve shirts, pants, e- everything to really avoid getting bitten by uh, a mosquito. Is there anything else that you recommend?
1: Uh, I would wear the insect repellent. And as we mentioned, long sleeves and avoiding outdoors at nighttime.
0: Yeah. And is there... Uh, A demographic of people who are more susceptible to contract the virus uh, than others, or does it really just affect everyone equally?
1: Fortunately, uh, persons in opposite ends of the age spectrum are affected children disproportionately, uh, two year olds, um, and the persons over 65 can be more prone to get severe complications and symptomatic disease. It doesn't really, as far as HIV or immunosuppressed, have as much of an effect, but, but oftentimes, as I had mentioned, very young and the very old are disproportionately uh, affected.
0: Thank you so much for your time and this information, Dr. Javorak. I really appreciate it. That's Dr. Amy Javorak, an infectious disease specialist at Harrington Hospital. Thanks for checking out this episode of Healthy Takeout. Head to HarringtonHospital.org to get connected with Dr. Javorak or another provider. If you found this podcast helpful, please share it on your social channels. And be sure to check out the entire podcast library for topics of interest to you. Thanks, and we'll see you next time.